Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this podcast, where my passion in life is to help my LGBTQIA plus Christian family heal their church trauma, and hopefully construct genuine faith. Before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the joy of teaching, speaking, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the United States. I'm also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books, and one of the greatest joys I've had in life is pastoral counseling, coaching, and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. I'm proud of all those things, but can I also tell you, I know what it's like to hurt, and I know what it's like to suffer deep church trauma, specifically around sexual identity, as so many of you obviously have as well. So if that's something that you can buy into and you would like to partner with me as we try to help each other in this journey thing we call life, then you're in the right place. I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, sit at my table, and let's have a chat. One disclaimer though, please. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, let's get it started here on Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown. So very honored that you are seeing fit to listen to this podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And this podcast comes out on a Friday. So hopefully you're getting geared up for the weekend. Hopefully you've got some big plans. You're going to have fun, enjoy life. I really hope that's the case for you. I believe that God wants us to do that. I think God wants us to celebrate life. And I hope that you are going to do that this weekend. Um, my myself, I've got some traveling to do. I'm going to go. Uh, my wife and I are going to spend some time with uh, her son, my stepson, um, who lives in another city. So we're going to see him this weekend. So looking forward to that. And then we have another one of them coming in on Saturday to celebrate a birthday. So you know, a lot of stuff going on for Keith this weekend, and I'm very grateful for family, and I get to celebrate that this weekend. Um, before we get to the text today on this Bible talks, I just want to mention again that I am. Uh, redoing all my courses into 2023. Um, I am trying to get those ready and and get them out. So um, just be patient on that if you have any desire to take one of my courses. I will be releasing one very soon on um, conflict. So be looking for that. That's a really, I think, a really good micro course. But in the meantime, I'm opened up more um, individual coaching opportunities. So if you could use some help directly from me, I just want to mention that at the beginning of this podcast. And you heard me say it a little bit in the um, introduction 
as well. But I just want to reinforce that because I know that there are some people who have reached out to me in the past and, you know, I've been very limited, but, you know, I, I, I'm opening up these spots and I would love to help you if you would like my help. Um, also, don't forget, if you're part of a, a mixed-oriented couple, maybe bisexual and straight, there is a resource, a free resource that, I, that I've got out right now. It's, I, I mentioned it on my last podcast. It's a brand new, very free resource for you. So go to my website and pick that up. Um, there's a link in the show notes. And while you're there, look at all the freebies. Get any that you want. If anything can help you out, I would encourage you to pick it up there. If that's why it's there, it's for you to use. So be sure to do that. All right, let's turn our attention quickly to the Bible this week. We're going to the Gospel of Matthew. I had the privilege of speaking in a church um, this past Sunday, and I used this text. This was the lectionary text of the Gospel reading for this Sunday, and I think it's a powerful story, but it's one that we have heard many times if we've been raised in the church. It's the baptism of Jesus. And sometimes when we hear these stories, we just sort of kind of accept them on face value and move on. But I think that this story and this account is very interesting. And I think it also brings up a question that I want to ask. And uh, then I'm going to share with you some of the possible answers that people have had, and I'm going to share my thoughts on it as well. So let's turn our attention to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. We find these words in the text. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus answered, saying to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him, and after being baptized, Jesus went up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and coming upon him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So see, it's a, a beautiful account of the baptism of Jesus. Now, one thing that I just want to mention really quickly that's really not part of the message, if you will, today, is, uh, you know, a lot of people will say that the Trinity is not something that's spoken of in the Bible. And actually, the word Trinity is not, and there's not a direct teaching on it. Um, it doesn't appear in the Greek, the Hebrew, anything like that. But um, scholars will often point to texts such as the one today to point to the idea of the monotheistic God made up of three persons. Because if you look at this account closely, you see that then in it, in, in, in these words, there's Jesus, there's the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, and then the Father speaks, this is my beloved Son. So all three persons of the Trinity... Um, you could argue, are in this particular text. So I just wanted to throw that little side note to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, let's look at this text and ask a question. And let me set up that question by talking about the context here. If you go back to the previous section of the Gospel of Matthew, you'll find this God, this unusual character, who is dressed funny and doing funny things and kind of an oddball in a, some ways, He's out there, and he's proclaiming Jesus. He's proclaiming the coming Messiah, and he's telling people that they need to repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. That's what he's doing. He's asking people to repent, which they are doing, and then they are baptizing. Now, this idea of baptism was not anything new to Hebrew people. It was something that they were familiar with. There was a, a, a long 
symbolic uh, connection between water and cleansing. And the word baptizo in the in the Greek is, is this idea of cleansing. You could get the idea of, of a woman going down perhaps at this time to the to the stream and taking the clothes and, and washing them and scrubbing them against a rock to get them clean. That's sort of the idea of this word baptism, the cleansing. So John is telling the people, he's preaching this idea of repentance and baptism. But what's interesting to me is Jesus then shows up. And if you look at Jesus from an orthodox point of view, an orthodox teaching about Jesus, then we know that the church has taught that Jesus was sinless. Jesus was perfect, right? If you've grown up in the church, I am sure you've heard that, that Jesus was the the unblemished lamb. He was the perfect atonement. He was without sin. And yet it's interesting here that Jesus comes to John, who is preaching repentance and baptism, and asks John to baptize him. So the question arises, why would Jesus come and ask to be baptized if he was indeed sinless? And John, maybe knowing, you know, not knowing perhaps at that point that Jesus was the Messiah, but realizing the character and the sinlessness uh, of of Jesus says, you know, what are, the, what are you talking about? Why should I baptize you? I mean, you know, you're not full of sin. You know, you know you're know, you asking me to baptize you, and I'm preaching this, you know, repentance and baptism. And why should I baptize you? And Jesus says, to fulfill all righteousness. And so we have to ask ourselves, why does Jesus choose to be baptized? And it's an interesting question because it seems to contradict Orthodox theology of the sinlessness of Jesus. But Many scholars have tried many different ways to explain and answer this question. I'm just going to share a couple with you, and then I'm just going to share my thoughts on the subject, if you allow me to. Well, there are some who believe that Jesus came to fulfill and demonstrate and acknowledge the ministry of John. It was a way of validating his ministry. And we know that in ministry in general, there's often been a, an ordaining of, say, disciples or ordaining of clergy. There's a laying on of hands that was taking place in the book of Acts, for instance. There is this, this others coming alongside to sort of validate the ministry work that someone is doing. So I've even heard people say that this was a way that Jesus was validating the ministry of John. So, I mean, that's one option, I suppose. Some other people have tried to say, well, this is a beautiful picture for the people of Israel because they would have known the history of the of the people. They would have known the history of the people coming out of Egypt and, and being promised the promised land and, and being escorted in there. And for many scholars, they would say, well, this is a demonstration of Moses and Joshua. You see, Moses was gifted with the promise of God, and he led the people out of Egypt in captivity, the the history goes. But then, because of rebellion and, you know, that happened along the way, Moses was never able to fulfill the promise. He was never ever able to get the people of Israel into the promised land. That was the responsibility and the calling of Joshua. And Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, some people have said that John is like the Moses who ushers in the promise, and Jesus is like Joshua 
who is the one who fulfills that promise. So there are people who have even made that connection. So you can see that there's a wide way of people trying to answer that question, why was Jesus baptized? I'm going to get a little bit more simplistic than that, and I'm just going to tell you what I sort of think as, as I approach this scripture. And I look at it this way, and I basically break it down into three words. There is the association, there is the demonstration, and then the celebration. There's the association, demonstration, and celebration. What do I mean by those? Well, let's start with the association. I believe that Jesus coming to be baptized was a visual and purposeful way for him as he was now beginning his true earthly ministry. Now, we know that there was an appearance of him in the temple when he was a younger younger fellow and he was teaching, but when his true earthly ministry started primarily, as the Gospels give us, that this act was one in my mind and in my faith and spirit, that this was a way for Jesus to associate with us. It was another way for him to take on that human aspect to relate to us in so many ways. Even though he himself was not sinless, he was somehow associating himself with those of us who are human, those of us who are. And so in my mind, he did that. Now we know that Jesus went through an earthly birth. He, you know, he he had to be born as a human baby. So there was a lot of this associating as a human that took place. Whether you, you know, whatever you believe about Jesus and God and all that kind of stuff, uh, that Jesus was God, there was this human experience that he had. And to me, there is this purposeful association that's going on between Jesus and all humanity. So that's the first reason I believe that Jesus went through baptism. The second, so that's the association. The second is the demonstration. Basically, Jesus is saying, you know, this is what I want you to do. And he's demonstrated what he wants for us as people of faith to do. And it's baptism. Now, the reason I say that is because if you go later in the gospel, Jesus gives what we call the Great Commissioning. He says to go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I have commanded you, and remember that I am with you till the end of the age. So Jesus is basically ordaining, and 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 most churches, most denominations, whether they're high Catholic church or, or Baptist or whatever— all of them believe that Jesus ordained and instituted baptism in this regard. He told us to be baptized. So I believe that there is nothing that Jesus would ask us to do that he himself wasn't willing to do as well. So in my mind, and, and I granted, I'm just a human being and I can make mistakes and I don't have all the answers, but in my mind, I believe that this is one way that Jesus demonstrates his connection with us from the earlier point, but he demonstrates what he is going to ask us to do as people of faith. Now, does a person have to be baptized to be a Christian or go to heaven or whatever? Well, that's been debated from the you know, from the end of time. I mean, you've got many Roman Catholics, for instance, who believe that baptism is so essential to salvation. I've actually had a collar on in a hospital before, and people have come up to me. I'm not Roman Catholic. I'm an Anglican priest, but people come up to me and say, would you please come and baptize my baby? My baby's going to die. Will you come baptize? And you know what? I do that. 
I do that because it is a request. It is an honor. Um, it is one that I take seriously. I might not have the exact same theology behind it that they do, but you know what? It's a privilege to assist them in their faith journey. Because for these parents, it is a very critical part of the salvation experience. So whether you believe that or you believe, sir, you know, like a Southern Baptist and saying, well, baptism doesn't get you to heaven, but it's just a testimony of what Christ has done for you. So it's something that we do in obedience to Christ, and therefore it becomes a testimony because it's something that he had told us to do. So however you fall on that theological gamut, if you will, that spectrum, the bottom line is that for most Christians, there is a belief that baptism is an important thing at some level. So in that respect, Jesus was not asking us to do something, I believe, that he himself wasn't willing to do as well. All right, so that's number two. And number three, I said the celebration. And I get this from the very end of this text, because this is where when the Spirit of God the Holy Spirit descends, and we see that presence. And then the voice comes and says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. To me, there is the validation that happens. There's the celebration of the acknowledgement of fulfilling the will of God the Father, or God, universal God, right? God the Creator, God, all-powerful God that Jesus was acting in obedience. Jesus was doing the will of the Father. So in that respect, I think that there is a celebration of, of achieving and doing that which God had called him to do. So for Jesus, I think that that was one of the reasons he was trying to be obedient to the will of the Father. Now, I know that opens up a whole another gamut of theology and questions, but at least it's it's some insight, perhaps, or some suggestion there as to this. I don't know about you, but yeah, I am a misfit Christian. I, I mess up. I sin. I, I make mistakes. I do things that some people think are wrong. I do things that maybe God thinks are wrong. I don't know. I do the best I can in life. Um, I try. I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. I want to have a good life. I want to love God, and I want to love other people, but sometimes I don't do that perfectly. But one of the things that I do hope and pray in my life is that when I come to face God, in whatever capacity that is, I guess in part of me has this dream or this hope or even this prayer that, and somehow I will hear God say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Because after all, don't we all like to hear those kind of words? And so for me, there is a, a lot of encouragement in this, I guess, um, in this aspect. So when I think about baptism, I have to think about, first of all, and, and I'm going to try to make a little application here. I have to look at my baptism and say, when, what does my baptism say to me? What, when I reflect on it, what, is, what does it speak of to me? Um, and I apologize for the noise. If you're hearing, they're, they're sweeping leaves on the street. I live in a very historical part of the town that I am in. And so there, we have these huge trees and uh, there are leaves all in the street where people put them and they're, they're coming by to sweep those up. So I apologize if you hear that noise. But anyway, back to, back to application. As I think about the um, 
the application here and the connection to my baptism, it reminds me of some things. I've said one, the hope and the prayer that one day I can hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But even more closely related to that is the fact that I look at my baptism and it reminds me of the deep desire that Jesus has to connect with me. Because I believe that that's one of the points of this text. And when I look at my own baptism, I know that it is a connection that I have with Jesus. And for that, I am eternally grateful. So it reminds me of that beautiful relationship that we can have with Jesus. And then it also reminds me that um, I'm not perfect. And when I think about my baptism, it simply reminds me to stay humble because I know that that I do mess up. I, I, I realize that I do do things that some people would not approve of, perhaps. I do things that, that um, you know, maybe is not in perfect alignment with God's will. And, and I have to remind myself that, as I said, I'm the misfit Christian. And it helps me remember that, that God still loves me anyway, even in my misfitness. <laughs> and then it reminds me of the hope. When I look at my baptism, it reminds me of the hope I have of fellowship with other people. Because in the baptismal celebration, whether it's in a high Roman Catholic or a Baptist church, there is a community church part of that baptism. And most every baptism I've ever been to, whether it's liturgical baptism or a, like I said, a Baptist baptism, there's always the call to the church to celebrate, to be part, to be involved. And to me, that just reminds me that, that I'm part of community. Now, sometimes it's a very fragmented community, and sometimes it can be a harsh community. But I believe that there are other believers like me. There are other believers who want to love me and whom I can love. And that brings me a lot of hope and encouragement. And then finally, there is the hope and the belief that I will spend my whole eternity in whatever way and whatever means that looks like, wherever that is, I'm going to spend it with God. That's my hope. That's my prayer. And that's my belief. So let me end by asking you, dear friend, what does your baptism mean to you? And if you've never been baptized, why or why not? I'm not judging you. Just asking the question. Something to think about. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.